Listeners to yeah. another episode of Real Education, the, the musical. musical jazz hands, <laughs> jazz hands, spirit fingers. <laughs> no, <laughs> no spirit fingers. Only jazz hands in my house. Whose house? Jazz hands house. Um, so, uh, welcome back to another episode. As always, I am one of your hosts, Wendy, joined by my two explorers in the musical picture form. <laughs> Mike and Vinny. And tonight we are watching Phantom of the Paradise. <laughs> Notice how excited Mike sounds. No, I am actually really pumped for this um, because I've heard. I mean, I don't know a lot about it. I know it's fucking crazy, though. Like, that's, yeah, that's pretty fair. much all in And it's, I guess, Phantom of the Opera ish. Judging from the title, I just know that like it's one of those movies that kind of gets bandied around as just being really fucking weird. And I'm like, as soon as y'all mentioned it last week, and you were like, let's do that, I was like, cool. Okay. Right? Yeah. I've seen it. I have seen it as well. So Mike is our um, virgin this go round. Yeah, this is one of the few that I actually have seen, so <laughs> I'm excited that I'm not... Um, totally clueless here. So you've you've made a guess, Phantom Phantom of the Opera, right? Do you know anything else about it? Uh, it's from like the seventies, right? Oh yeah, and it's like <laughs> super so. super seventies. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm guessing something makes me want to think it's like prog rocky kind of weirdness. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's really about all I know. Okay. It's a good start. Yeah, yeah. How many times have you seen it, Vinny? Um. I, it's been a few years, but I've seen it probably like four or five times. Yeah. In total, I mean. I think I've seen it like three or four times. I have seen it on the big screen. Yeah. Um, I have not. Um, but I was very excited, like I said earlier. So you're gonna say I have seen it on stage. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Oh, um, oh. I, I don't really? know about that. Mm, I'm thinking about that. Now. <laughs> how would you? Okay. Um, we'll have to when we watch so, it. We'll have to keep this in mind. Yeah. Like how you could side, stage. Side this. note. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, um, we're not going to tiptoe around the fact that Buttonamathon exists, regardless of the state of why now. But it is a thing. That it was a thing that, that happened for several years. And like, it was a wonderful more thing. More than several. <laughs> it was a wonderful thing. The community around Buttonamathon was spectacular. Um, and so part of going every year, you had to send in an application. And of course, when I still lived in Minnesota, with all of my Minnesota peoples, we would typically... Um, as we, you had to send in pictures and, and answers to question, and then like a bonus. And in fact, if you look on our website, you will see a picture of Lindy from said application. That's true. That was <laughs> one year. That was my application photo. Um, and uh, and a bonus points for doing a video. And the video, there was some sort of prompt. And one year, it was all about Phantom of the Paradise. So me and Melissa and uh, Tim and Pat Wick and a lot of my other Minnesota, my close peoples, we did a sort of Phantom of the Paradise riff video on one of the songs that's This like still exists somewhere, yeah? I was going to say, is this something you can include on the website? (laughs) Yes, it is on the YouTubes. Um, It involves Melissa running around a hotel in a colander. Oh, right. I think you may have mentioned this too. Yeah, I, I knew you mentioned it. I'm like, oh, yeah. Melissa and a colander, that rings a bell. Yeah, because we literally, we were all at a at a convention for the week, and we're like, oh, we got to do this, but we're all going to be in the same place this weekend. Let's do it there. Let's do some weird shit. <laughs> yep. Perfect. And that's how that happened. So um, I, we will find that on the YouTubes and include we'll that in, in the show notes. Definitely. So it's time for us to watch Phantom of the Paris. Yeah. 20th Century Fox presents... Phantom of the Paradise, a gothic horror story. What was that? A beautiful love story. A cinematic odyssey through the rock universe. From Greece to glitter and beyond. The story of a sound, the man who created it, the girl who sang it, the monster who stole it, and the phantom who haunts the paradise, the ultimate rock palace. Let's go. 
paradise. My music is for Phoenix. Only she can sing it. Anyone else that tries, dies. Phoenix. Phoenix. Well, you told me one time that you'd be somebody, that you weren't working just to survive. B. And you better get yourself a castrato for this. Paul Williams as Swan. And the angels that defeated them. I want you to stop terrorizing the paradise and rewrite your cantata. And the Phantom. Stop There really is a phantom, 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 phantom. Life at last! <laughs> beef! <laughs> we want beef! It's what's for dinner. Oh, beef. Oh, beef! That was the, uh, beef was the thing I, was was the person and part of that movie I remembered the most. For obvious reasons. <laughs> for obvious reasons, <laughs> but, um, I think Swan stole the show more for me this time than... Yeah. In previous watchings. It is a movie that improves yeah. upon repeated I cannot... I may go home and watch this shit tonight again. <laughs> like, I don't even know. I absolutely loved every... Like, I think we were probably 30 minutes in where I was like, guys, is it weird that this might be my favorite of the movie? <laughs> well, I don't think it was even 30 minutes. I think it was like after the first song. Like, <laughs> I think I'm in love with this. <laughs> yeah, like... I, just, what, I have this, this huge smile on my face. What I love so about ridiculous. watching movies with Mike is like, he, like immediately he's like, I'm on board. Yep. <laughs> I am on board for this. Like I the will, first song, he's like, yep, I think I love this. Yeah. I'll also accept any premise that a movie throws at me usually. Like, I'm not one of those people, and I find it frustrating sometimes to talk to people that are, like, question everything in it. I'm just like, what's in front of me, I'll accept that yeah. shit. And if I can be on board, like, if I can be on board with it, I don't care how much any of it makes sense. And that's a good thing in this movie because <laughs> nothing, nothing makes sense. I don't know. What do you mean? How like, could it not make sense when it is based on every classic novel yeah. ever written? I know. A little well, bit of everything. Just like, throw it all in there. Yeah, okay. If, uh, I'm assuming our, our listeners have taken the time to uh, watch this movie now. They're very subtle about it. You may not have noticed. But one of the, <laughs> one of the major influences is Faust. On <laughs> so this. subtle. Uh, they only say Faust 20 or so at times. At least 2,000 uh, times. Yeah. Uh, it's and it's great because, you know, you've got the whole sort of Phantom of the Opera thing going on. Oh, it's definitely Phantom of the Opera. He's haunting yeah. the paradise. Quite right. Um, right the, because right he's been disfigured and he's wanting his protege to become a star. Right. So I was I, waiting for the whole Phantom of the Opera song when he grabbed her and took her up to the roof. I was like, we're going to get it. And then they never yeah. really get it. But <laughs> <laughs> I was I was learning some weird fucked up version of, like, the Phantom of the Opera song. Because he can't sing. But he yeah. can do it with that weird voice. That would have been so awesome. That would have been. I mean, I'm totally. Right, I do. That. I do it with like. Yeah. I'm yeah. Stephen Hawking. Why the not? Singer. Don't pretend yeah. like that wouldn't have made sense in this movie. <laughs> oh, it would have made so much sense. So yeah, we got the Phantom of the Opera, and then but it's very Faust because of course Swan has sold his soul to the devil to be young and powerful forever. Who so, the devil was also Swan. I mean, it wasn't right. But it was Devil glorious. Swan was. Double Amazing. Swan is the best performance in the movie. Okay, so Paul Williams as Swan as the, the devil. devil. Yeah. Ta- talking yeah. to Amazing. himself. Like, because even him playing the, himself, the regular Swan that's trying to, that's about to kill himself is also great in that scene. But then he's there as the devil and he's just hemming oh. everything up so much. It's like, he's yes, so give ridiculous. me a red light. He's yes. So, yeah, and then all of a sudden he's like bathed in red light. You're just like, oh, this is the best thing I've ever seen. It dawned on me that, um, not that it will help necessarily to go through the plot, but our commentary right now is fucking incoherent. If you haven't seen the <laughs> I guess movie. we should start from the beginning. In case so, you didn't take the time to watch this movie, which so, you should. Uh, well, the, the one last thing I was going to say before we get into the plot was after all of these other things, in the last 15 minutes... 
they throw in uh, the portrait of Dorian Gray or the picture of Dorian Gray. Oh yeah, yeah there's it's just a picture like, of Dorian Gray. <laughs> Where the fuck did this come from? The cask of Amontillado, yes. Frankenstein, like it's just the fact all that there's of all of these things going. And it's like, like, oh, the movie's almost over. Here's one more for you. Just a little like psycho shower scene, just <laughs> because, like, Big, well, yeah, like you do. Yeah, hi. Um, so the basic plot: Winslow Leach, who becomes the Phantom, which is an amazing name, yeah. by the way. Just like so, the first time they said it, I was like, "That is a name." <laughs> so um, if it's not Rod Serling, it's somebody doing a Rod Serling impersonation. It is, I looked it up because I was. It is Rod Serling. Yeah. yeah. So doing a little voiceover of Swan is all powerful and has been young forever, and he gets to do whatever he wants, and um, and he's. Created a nostalgia wave with his band, the Juicy Fruits, very Shanana esque, right? And um, they're great too. Oh, like, I was so all, into all, it. All iterations of their band, right, are great because it's the same people. It's the same, mm-hmm. yeah, same dudes over, over and over again. Um, and Winslow Leach is like, no, I have this new music that I'm writing, and all you need to do is hear it. And Swan does hear it, and is like, actually, that's really, really good, and I am interested. I just don't want you. <laughs> the music, and, but not you. You're terrible. <laughs> and I don't want... I want your music. I don't want you to have any say. I want you to go away. I just need to use you. So he steals the music, um, and then gives it to the Juicy Fruits, which freaks Winslow right out. And um, and then there's an audition. Well, it's like a month goes by, and Winslow has heard nothing from Swan. That's right. About his music, so goes to check it out, and like trails him home when he's not allowed in at the studio. And there's an audition going on. It's like really just an tr- orgy. Yeah. And that's where he meets Phoenix, who is the ingenue lead singer. The best female. dancer in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, who also just, like, has no character at all. No, she really doesn't. <laughs> She's played by, of course, Jessica Harper, who um, was the lead in Suspiria. Right. Oh, okay. I yeah. actually I knew I remember seeing that yeah. from somewhere. I know her from Shock Treatment. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's she's bad Janet Weiss. <laughs> <laughs> so he meets her, and he's like, oh, you've got a great voice. So he wants to make her the star. And it's so incoherent. It's so hard to keep it all straight. Um and so basically, uh, he causes trouble. So Swan has him arrested, which they remove his teeth part. And then he hears on the they radio like plant that drugs, and then in jail they have some kind of pilot program because teeth can be infected. That they remove your teeth and replace them with metal ones. Yeah. Um, and then he hears the juicy fruits on the radio singing his song, and so he freaks out, kills a guard, runs back to the paradise because he's gonna stop. He it. escapes by putting himself in a box. That yeah, he flat, sort of. That he flattened to ride out of there, and all of a sudden he's in the like It shows him riding it out flat, but then he falls out of the back of a truck, taped inside it. It's so great. It's so <laughs> it's great. amazing. I was like, um, don't even care. Yeah, it doesn't matter at all. He runs to the studio where he gets caught in a record press, which maims his face right. and steals his voice. Um, and so he's decided he's going to kill Swan. So. He goes to the paradise where the Juicy Fruits are about to perform, and he plants a bomb, which is a great scene. <laughs> classic, classic De Palma yeah. split screen used to brilliant effect. First of it's, it may be one of the, like... I think it's probably One of the best De Palma not. split screens. Like, yeah. it's so good, because you know shit's going down the whole time. And which is, just... of course, a reference to Touch of Evil, where you know there's a bomb and you just follow it the entire way. Right. Um, and that's also when we get the band coming back in their second form as the Beach Bums. Yes. Yes, and, the and they all have like... those blonde wigs. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> um, so the bomb goes off, and he's trying to kill Swan, and Swan's like, you can't, what are you doing? No, we should partner together. And he's like, no, you should give it to Phoenix, because they're having an audition, and Phoenix is like, I can sing. No, we want screamers. No, I'm a singer. Okay, sing for me. And, and he's like, okay, so you want her? Yeah, I want her. I want her, Swan. She should sing my music. Okay, write it, and I'll give it to her. And he makes him sign the contract, selling his soul, um, locks him in a room, give me the music, and then, of course, goes off and betrays him. Is like, fuck Phoenix. You can be a backup singer. This needs a, this needs a rock god. This needs... And that, beef. Yeah, and that's, I love beef. that scene, like, before, like, right before Beef is introduced, when it's just him in, like, in the round, and they just go, you know, it's like this, the light try, comes up. Here's the song, try it in, just, in this genre. The oh, yes, genre. that scene is so good. Try it in this Great genre, like, no, it's not right, it's not right, there we go, it needs to be it's like, glam rock. 
every pop yeah. music style of the 70s being yes. played out. And I was just like, yes, this is so And good. then beef. <laughs> and then beef. So beef is going to do it and wins and they... He steals the last of the music and bricks Winslow in, and then Winslow hears what's going on, and he, no, he wakes up, his music is gone, he freaks out because he's, he's bricked in, and Beef hears him, what was that noise? And Beef, by the way, is terribly crispy with his <laughs> S's, because it's the 70s, and um, yeah, that's a, we can get into that in a bit. Yeah. Uh, so Winslow yeah, breaks out, all of this. <laughs> threatens Beef. Beef's like, I'm out. And they're like, no, you have to go on. So he goes on. And, and um, well, Winslow kills him. And then to calm down the crowd, they send out Phoenix to sing his song. And she's amazing. And she's a hit. So Swan takes her back to his place. And they get it on. And Winslow watches. Ah! And he tries to kill himself. But Swan's like, you can't die. Your contract yeah. terminates with me. Yeah, you die when I die. You die when I die. So, of course, Winslow goes looking for the contract, figures out um, how to Finds kill Swan. It very easily. Yeah, like he's just like, <laughs> it's, it's like, clearly right walks here. Walks right in. It's like, contract? Hmm, I wonder what this could be. <laughs> and watches the tape where it's like, if you do, if this tape, tape could care of this tape, because this is your life now. It's like, well, I guess I'm going to destroy that tape. And Swan, meanwhile, has planned, very Princess Bride before it's time, has planned to kill... Uh, Phoenix, as they get married on stage at the moment, till death do you part. But Winslow foils that. Um, okay, so and because he's burned up the tape, Swan is Swan is Swan's face is all burned up, and people are like, oh my god, what? I the like fuck? how it's not even that he ages; it's just like your face looks like uh, the Nazi at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, <laughs> yep. he's just and melting for some reason. He starts choking Raiders Phoenix. Thing. Is like you promised me your voice. So Winslow comes in and stabs him, which means he starts bleeding, and they die. And then Phoenix is like, oh no, it was Winslow. And seriously. The end. The end. Like, yeah, the crowd is, like, dancing around, like, woohoo, we're coming yeah, to play! Everyone this else is still having a great time. Because there was... And we have phoenixes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do it, her weird little flappy well, shoulder. You got, you've got a, a pretty good imitation. Because it, that was pretty good. I think what the theme of this movie is, is when Beef Insanity. dies on stage, when Beef dies on stage and his buddy, his stage manager, Philbin, is like, somebody died on stage. Yes, and the people were very entertained. And yeah, so Sw- that's Swan, like, Swan's yeah. like, yep, people were very So is that why he wants to kill Phoenix? Yes. Okay. That was a... That's what he says, yeah, because Philbin's like, why? You know what's crazy? Like, that was the only question I had about this movie. <laughs> was Well, and the point is, he's not wrong. He just got killed on stage, and people Loved it. literally are putting their hands in his blood and then, like, dancing around and, like, smearing other people with blood. Yeah, like, yeah, look yeah. at me, I'm, I'm covered in blood. So it's very I dark. Thought, honestly, I thought they were going to rip him apart. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. like in the like, way, yeah. Well, because I thought it was all going to cycle back to uh, the beef number where they're cutting people's limbs off and throwing. I was like, they're going to tear him up like that, and then they didn't. And I was, honestly you know what? That a is a missed opportunity. Is a but it definite missed opportunity. It's still amazing. <laughs> so um, that's a basic plot. So hopefully, hopefully, you I mean, hopefully that was <laughs> slightly more comprehensible than us just randomly talking about. Like and then this happened, and then this other crazy <laughs> shit, and then this, and the music is written by Paul Williams. So, but it's very seventies pr- prog rock. Paul Williams, like, because well, I want to be guess, clear, yeah. Paul Williams is a tunesmith. Like the man writes catchy fucking music, rainy days and Mondays, the Rainbow Connection. Um, uh, we've only just begun. Uh, just an old-fashioned love song. That's like, the one I was thinking of, the Three Dog Night song. Yeah, of, yeah. like he he writes catchy fucking music, um, but this was him definitely trying for something. These are all catchy too, though. No, they're catchy, <laughs> they but, are, but yeah. they're not. But they're they're weird. Like, they're super weird. They're, they're not like just an old-fashioned love song. They're like right. laugh at last. Salutations from the other side. Like it's so whack. Um, but and like uh, her her like deep throaty love. Song. Oh, it's so throaty. Like it's the first time she started singing. I was like, oh, we're doing this, huh? <laughs> and then it gets a little better as she goes. Well, especially because the first time you hear her sing is also the first time you see her dance. Raspberry. No, no, no. no. <laughs> well, you get a little piece of you it. You get a little piece audition. of it at the audition, when, and that's when I was like, 
oh, are we going to listen to her sing like that for this whole movie? Like the first, like, full song. Yeah, yeah, and then she does it in the song, and I was like, okay. I like her her voice, but it's definitely, I mean, it stands out. She also doesn't sing that much. It's a unique voice. It's (laughs) a unique voice. Definitely. Um, Just like her dancing is unique. (laughs) Was that her actually singing? Yes, she was a noted, she was was a singer. Well, she might be one of the only ones that does her, right? Because I know that Winslow... Is not doing his. Form. Well, I mean, that's when he's singing at the beginning. That is that first part. That is him. But is when it? he's, okay. when Every he's recording, yeah. um, when he's recording his music for Swans, because his voice has been um, destroyed by the pressing mas- machine, it's beautiful, like lovely little nod, and of course the um, this is how Swan can keep controlling is as he's modifying his voice to be recorded. Wonder of Wonders, it starts to sound like uh, Paul Williams' voice. What? <laughs> so it's Paul Williams getting to sing. Which I didn't even notice until like I think the next song after that was when I was like, "Guys, am I crazy? Does this sound like Swan singing?" <laughs> and when he was like, "Yeah, dude, that's the whole point." <laughs> Uh, well, that whole scene is great because he's just like flipping knobs and switches. He's just like filters, Dolby's. Dolby's. <laughs> like, what is Dolby's? <laughs> Guys, but, I need a Dolby over here. No, oh. the, 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 the room that uh, Winslow's in is a real recording studio. Like, yeah. It's, that's actually still functional. The one that he's like locked into? Yeah, like, that, he's, like, that whole, the whole completely the whole circular. circular like, yeah, it's like it was that like, room has an amazing aesthetic to it. Yeah. It's so good. Well, that, that room, that's what I'm saying. The room was custom built as like an actual like recording studio. Like, it's like called, it's called like Tonto or something. Yeah. It was like, built before the movie or it was built for yeah, the no, movie it's, and it's, like, it's still there? It's a real, it was, they filmed it there because. Because it looks so yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's a real yeah, They were like, this recording. looks amazing. This we need to film in. Yeah. There's so much... What I really, really, really like about... Uh, we mentioned De Palma, right? right. I, I was about to say... I don't know have, if we, did. we I mean, I think it got mentioned <laughs> in Flyby. But let's pause for a moment and say, who directed this that, film? And wrote this yeah, film. Wrote yeah, wrote and directed it. <laughs> who was that yeah. again? Brian fucking De Palma did this movie. Only his second feature film. Yeah. Super early. In my opinion, probably his best. Like That was one of my, <laughs> my favorite... My, favorite of Mike's reactions was opening credits. It says Brian De Palma and he was like, what? (laughs) Literal mind blown. Yeah, it completely changed my expectations of what this movie was going to be. Uh, Because I was honestly expecting, I was trying, I couldn't think of like the words to really put it in going in uh, when we recorded the intro, but um, I was expecting a lot more like the Apple. Yes, okay, yeah. And that Which is... Which BT dubs, the apple's on the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that is not what we got. Uh, no. We got something, like... I was expecting something that's, like, weird and kind of shitty, but also, like, you can adore it for how shitty it is. Uh, this is just, like, straight-up lovely and enjoyable. <laughs> I don't know lovely is the word I want to use. But, like, enjoyable and, like, campy mm-hmm. and... It is, Weird. it is solidly crafted beginning to end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so seeing De Palma's name right right at the top of the movie, I was just like, what the fuck is happening? And then there's so much um, there's so much De Palma in it. Like, there's the split screens we talked about. We get two of those. Um, we get a lot of the real um, kinetic camera movement. Mm-hmm. Like... When he goes back and rushes in, yeah. uh, when when Winslow rushes back into uh, Swan's office or whatever, well, both times he goes in, the camera's like following him behind. Chasing him. But the yeah. second time, it's like chasing him, and it's it's sort of a weird. It's like that De Palma. Um, there's somebody else that does it really well. Um, Gilliam does it really well in like the '80s uh, of just that kinetic camera movement, and then it, you get that even more, obviously. During the finale of the movie, because everything's going crazy, and like the whole point of it is that it's fucking chaos, and so it's I love like the camera work in this movie. It's so 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 good, um, and it to me like that's just a, a lot of what I was watching outside of just like enjoying the the weird silly songs <laughs> or like the nutso plot line was just like this movie's like really well made. <laughs> well, to take all of those references from and. I mean, 
obviously it kind of freaks out at the end intentionally, but like <laughs> for them to fit as well together as they do, they do. is pretty incredible. They, yeah. they do fit together. Just, I was just so impressed at like on a technical level. Well, yeah. the, this is his so second solid. feature film. <laughs> Especially and that. I didn't realize like, that. It is so like confident. Yeah. It, yeah. Like and he's so, like, fuck it, I can do this. <laughs> like, like, yeah, look at what do I'm gonna I do. Want. I'm gonna do this shit because he hadn't even made Carrie yet. Yeah. Right, Carrie was after this. Weirdly, Sissy Spacek was in the production yeah, department. She was like she set was dresser. Or something. Yeah, she was a set dresser. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah, she's set dresser on this film. Wow. And then yeah. she went on to get so an Oscar long, nomination. How long after the uh, this was Carrie? Well, this was '74. What year? Carrie was. Just a couple years I later, like right? Like I mean, a year or two that's later. what I was. I was thinking it would be have to be really soon after. Because, um, yeah, it was not I long mean, after. De Palma sure does like his violence. He's so good at it. Well, yeah, Carrie was. Carrie was 1976, so it was just two so years just later. Like, that's got. Is that but the next I mean, film? He's so good. Like what I like about this is that there's there's a tongue in cheek quality to his violence. Like, Absolutely. The, the way Beef dies is just. Terrific. Yeah, whole okay. Beef's death and the way I need to watch that scene about a hundred more times to figure out how they do it because it's so the visuals in it are so weird. Yeah. Like the lightning bolt comes down and it's like him frozen, but like yeah, it was like. Almost like not stop motion, but like it, was it like, feels like it yeah. has that feel to it, right? Like I don't like, know like how they, they did like it. They just like went cut back frames and forth or something. Yeah, from it's two almost frames. like that's what I'm saying. It almost looks like uh, either that or they had the because it moves a little too. So it's almost like they have it at two different angles. And they're switching. And they're just kind of cutting back and forth. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that would make sense. It's really weird though, but it's it very looks effective. so good. Yeah. <laughs> to answer, so Carrie, there was another movie called Obsession that came out the same year, but. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know which one of those came first, but it was, if not. Oh, his, it also came out in '76. Obsession and Carrie both came out in '76. Gotcha. So two years after this. So either way. So he pretty much goes from this straight into production on those two movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and let's remember that Carrie he directed both Sissy Spacek and I forget the mother, the woman who played the mother, to Oscar nominations. Yeah. For a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, I mean, so you know, this was a flop, but. Like the next thing you did was I, like I did, direct I did a little reading about it to kind of to refresh myself, but it was yeah, it was a flop everywhere except Canada, Winnipeg. Yeah, Winnipeg specifically. The Winnipeg market went nuts. They for love it, it. and like for the, this movie, yeah, yes, to the point that like they Winnipeg, tried, I feel like, like understands my soul. They tried a couple Man. of times to, to like bring it back, bring back like they what they called Phantom Palooza. <laughs> that's like a festival centered specifically around this film. That's amazing. Like, there is a city in the world that's just like, this movie, yes! Yeah. Like, Winnipeg was the only place that it actually, like, did well at all in theaters. I'm, like, now almost mad at everybody that has seen this movie and not made me watch it until this moment. (laughs) Like, y'all don't even know, like, how transcendent this movie was for me. (laughs) Okay, um, a little bit about Paul Williams. Okay, let's also remember he wrote the Love Boat theme. Uh, No shit. Did yes. not know that. Yeah. Like, it, and he has been quoted as saying, "I could come up with the cure for cancer, and I will be remembered for the love book." <laughs> and then I found this quote, and this is great because he struggled with um, addiction and substance abuse. <laughs> he said, <laughs> um, "Back when I was drinking, I would imagine things that weren't there, and I got frightened. Then I got sober, and two robots called and asked me to make an album." Because he collaborated with Daft Punk. Yeah, awesome. Because of this movie. This movie yeah. Because yeah. this is one of Daft Punk's favorite movies. They, the two of them saw met, it. Like, like met. This and was the first movie they saw together, and went back like, like dozens of times. Wendy mentioned this to us during the scene while uh, while Winslow is running Winslow's, around with. While he's watching them. Uh, Having sex in in Swan's like bedroom at the swanage at the swanage, the swanage. <laughs> not even really have sex, just kind of weirdly crawl all over yeah. each other. Well, her she weirdly was, crawl was, over him, yeah, just pawing yeah. at him, kind of. Uh, and he just sits there and watches homeboy watching him in one of the other one of the split scene split screen uh, scenes of the movie is the view down 
And then Paul Williams looking over and watching the TV of the video, the the surveillance camera watching Winslow watching him. Yeah. Uh, but that was that was a scene where Wendy was like, so you know who really likes this movie? Daft Punk. And then like right then you see Winslow's helmet. And I was like, oh, fucking course they do. <laughs> right? Dudes in black with helmets yeah. on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was this movie that inspired the two, the two guys that are Daft Punk to make their own movie, uh, Electroma. Which is similar in the sense that it's black suits and hel- you know, silver helmets, but it's not really at all f- similar other than that. Right? It's so great. It's so great. Everything, I mean, I bet the Daft Punk guys have silver teeth in real life, though. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I mean, how about all, black all of the costumes? <laughs> the costumes. The, oh, the, the bird costumes. costumes and the feather coat and... And that antler belt. The oh, antler man, belt. Yeah. Beef had some serious belts going on in this movie. Oh, Beef had so many great outfits and just confident, like, what are you doing? And then, but then when he fell on the shoes and he couldn't get <laughs> couldn't up. Get that, that was yeah. really good physical comedy. <laughs> I was like, yes, this is great. Until he finally just, you know what it reminded me of? Like, when people who don't know how to move in roller skates fall down and they try to get their feet under yeah. them. And, it's and then like, just, every time they try to get up, they just fall right back and down. I'm just like, yep, that's, <laughs> nope, you gotta turn, you gotta turn up, you gotta turn over. There you go. Yeah. That's how that works. <laughs> You're like a turtle. You gotta just flip it over. Well, on like, or the Swan, like Swan's first outfit when he's got like the beige kind of suit, but like pink or purple shirt underneath with an ascot and like. So the okay. So what's really weird? I mean, there a lot of things that are really weird. My colors but, may have been way off on colorblind, yeah. but either way, it's very wonderful. Uh, but uh, so Paul Williams is a small man to begin with. He's five foot two. He's actually taller than me. He's probably shrunk. You are also time. not a very tall man either. <laughs> Raspberry. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know where you're going. Uh, I, I am neither tall nor a man. Yeah. These statements Those are, are both true. true. So, first he has uh, these pants on. <laughs> that at five two. The <laughs> zipper on the front of these has to be at least a foot tall. Like it is. Very high waisted. Then he has a shirt on that's down to at least the third button. Yeah. Uh, so it's like the middle of his chest. So there's maybe 18 inches at most. Not even that. Probably like 10 inches between the bottom of that V from his shirt and the top of his pants. Oh no, it's more like four inches. I was say, it's, it's much less than that. <laughs> it's, like 18 inches is like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 18 yeah, inches like is more like, 18 it's a inches is like a zipper. Yeah. It's a hand span between. <laughs> and so his it's a very shirt his and his waistband. Yeah. And so, but he's also got this ascot on with it that goes all the way down. Of course, because that's how you wear an ascot. It's all the way down to the bottom of the V. So you have this like blue ascot and like a pink shirt and then weird. I think they were like beige pants or something. The brownie pants. Bra- yeah, yeah. And it's just it's it's a look. Wicked. It's <laughs> a, it is. A look, and there are a lot of looks in this movie. Like she's got that weird hat, but she throws it off to sing, and then she's dancing. And she does her choo-choo arms. <laughs> like, that's my favorite move in the, the movie. Best one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like we have to find our favorite arm move. Well, that she's got the shoulder move at the end. She does have a shoulder move, kind right? of the the, 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 the weird like bird thing she does. No, but it's sort of this. <laughs> It's, it's like a shoulder roll forward. Because, yeah. like, a shoulder roll back is kind of confident, but it's this weird but forward. Like her arms sort of, are loose. And she's too, doing like, this, like, weird Like, flapping she's weird, thing, sort like. of rowing. Yeah. <laughs> like a, I don't know, like a digging? Like, yeah. she's digging? I'm digging a hole to climb in. And then Beef's chicken dance. Oh, my God, the chicken, like, the cl- serious, just flappy, flappy, flappy arms. Yeah. What the? With his gold lips and his gold hair and his. Jazz hands. Yes. Just, yeah, she also has that chicken jacket. The feather jacket, because feathers, yeah. feathers and birds are a whole thing. Wait, are they? <laughs> in a movie with a character named both Swan and Phoenix? That seems weird. And then at the end, yeah. all the birds dancing around. Yeah. And they're <laughs> actually quite terrible. Like, the headdresses yeah. are cool and the wings are cool, but the, the like, bra it, and panties where it's literally just bra and panties with feathers glued on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not even like they're trying to hide what, that it's like underwear, because it's like still 
clearly visible underneath. The feathers aren't obscuring most of right. the garment. No, the, like it's just feathers glued on. And apparently <laughs> like the dancers hated those costumes because the feathers on the panties they thought looked like pubic hairs. Oh, that's what I thought. <laughs> I thought they were at first. I was like, is this supposed to be like some big bush going on or what? And then I was Especially like, Especially there's one another birds? Like I one don't... scene, like I guess after either Swan goes, you know, goes down ha- having been stabbed or once Winslow's on the ground crawling, like it zooms in on him and of course because the camera is so low, you get like a you know, behind him there's one of the dancers just standing like side profile uh-huh. and you see all the feathers on her underwear. Okay, but it, guys, it's just, uh, Vinny is really gesturing at his crotch a you know, lot at this point. Giant moment. mound of feathers. <laughs> and he's like, but he's like really like that's putting, what, that pushing was what his I noticed there was in fact feathers of, because it like, zooms in on it. And like trying to really gesture it out to explain. Um, so thank you for that, Vinny. <laughs> I'm sorry that the rest of you couldn't see it. Yeah, it was, it made it much clearer. Good. I'm here to help. <laughs> so, um, Winslow, the guy who played Winslow, uh, he he almost actually got his head crushed in that. That was a real yeah. It was a in real the record press. press. That was a real record press, and they like put uh, chalk blocks in and they put foam padding on it. But it was so powerful that like it crushed the blocks and was still coming, and he barely got out in time. And that scream is what real? Like, real? <laughs> <laughs> to it's like I am about to die. <laughs> God, that's terrifying. This movie's yeah. about to become a documentary. <laughs> uh, no, that no, oh, that mm, that's terrible. Betty Buckley uh, does the voiceover during the voiceover and singing over during the orgy scene. Do we know who oh. Betty Buckley is? Why do I know that name? Well, she's the mother for Made Is Enough, but she's also a very famous Broadway star. Bit by bit, putting it together. She was the original uh, uh, Griselda uh, on. Cats on Broadway. Yes. Memory all alone in the moonlight. That's yeah, Betty Buckley. She was also in something recently. Um, oh, probably. I think she did Sunset Boulevard. She was also in that cast, um, which is the musical version of the famous classic film. Um, she was in Split last year. She was the doctor. Yes, she's the she's doctor. A, yeah. Yeah, she's. The I was like, actress. I know her from something very recently, and that's what yeah. it was. Yeah, I like her presence very much, but she has a lovely, warm voice. So, um, so you get a little Betty Buckley. Apparently, De Palma. I also like to disappoint Wendy by knowing people from things that I'm not <laughs> supposed to know them from. <laughs> it doesn't disappoint like, me. Yeah, you know, all these all these great musicals. They have all of these. Years. I'm like, yeah, but she was in this like one movie last year that I saw. <laughs> okay, at least you've heard of her. <laughs> My God, um, De Palma actually considers... You know her. You know her. You do actually know her. Like, I'm sorry, maybe you don't know all these people, but you will by the time I'm done with you. Um, uh, De Palma actually considered, like, actually getting real bands for a lot of these things, and but it was too expensive, yeah, too much this. Been. He, like, actually considered Shauna but, quote, they were too difficult to work with. <laughs> they really? were huge at the time. And all I can think is... Shana na? <laughs> yeah. Shana. Shana na. I'm trying to wrap my head, like, instead of getting those three great guys. Yeah, like, yeah, why? Perfect. It, the I mean, gag only works because it's the same guys. Well, I, Shana na would have, I guess, played all of them. Would have been the Beach Boys also? The or Beach Bombs. Whatever and their then, names and were. The, the goth rock. The, the, uh, the, the, undead. the undead. Yeah. That was my favorite version of them. Oh yeah, just for that, just and for their the, the makeup, number. yeah, and like, and they're chopping off body they're parts. Off limbs. That was yeah. So they uh, after Beef dies, I like told I I told uh, Wendy and Vinny, I was like, man, I was really into like the show that Beef Beef and like the the band was putting on, like. Where's the rest of that? I want to see. Yeah, because yeah, that show gets dies. hijacked by Phoenix coming out and singing a love song. It's like, it's like I don't no, give a no, shit and about her song. In, while we were watching, it's like she was supposed to be a backup dancer slash singer, <laughs> but comes out in like a wedding dress almost. Like, like, like this very country lacy. That's definitely like, not what she was wearing. Um, as a John Denver con- country. It absolutely does not dress. fit any of the production that had been going yeah. on before. No, because the the set is like so like. Um, like Faustian, it's yeah, actually like very. a classic Faust film, like very 
hyper stylized and then it reminded me of the Forbidden Zone honestly yeah, yeah. And, yeah. The, and the band comes out and all of their instruments have these blades on them where was, crowd members reach up and they cut off a body part and then like as soon as the blades came out I was like yes and then you see someone's arm sticking out and I just like cackled because I was like I know what's about cut it off cut off and they do and then they grab and they're like taking the body parts back because that's what they're doing is making beef because that's the Frankenstein references they gather all the body parts and then they're back there sewing them together and then out comes beef so great so great I love that number I love that whole sequence so much yeah it's really, really good. Like, that is kind of the centerpiece of the whole thing for me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Although I do love when Beef is singing in the shower previously. <laughs> yeah. When, you just like anytime Beef is on screen. I adore Beef. <laughs> I adore, like, when he, when he comes, like, the casket, and then he, oh, like, yeah. makes the weird face and the teeth. That are is so good, and his weird, like, I don't even know what that sound he makes is. <laughs> and then when he's, when he's singing, the he's like... said growling. But that was not a fucking growl. No, that was not, it was like some sort of sneer. <laughs> yeah. Sneer hiss. Yeah, yeah it was like a so cat good. or something. That's, and that's when he comes out of the coffin off the plane from Transylvania. Is Apparently, that? yes. <laughs> Where Swan shows up in like the most <laughs> evil outfit. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like he, black cape and like a giant black top hat. It's like you look like you could not look more like a villain if you tried right now. <laughs> and then he's singing, beef singing at, at the rehearsal, and he's like, ah, ah, and then he stops, and all of a sudden he just drops. He's like. Who wrote this? This is... I can't... Like, I am not a castrati. Like, this was scored for a girl. <laughs> and then what does Swan say? He's like, you can sing as high as the, as as any bitch. Something like that, yeah. And, and he's, like, he's like, you're right, I can. I right will I show can. you. <laughs> and then, then he prances around. That's, and that's when he loses it. And he falls yeah. because of his great... Sh- oh, my God. That was a great fall, too. I'm just like, that's... Like, it almost looks like... Is that your choreography? Nope. But then he's like, oh, I'm... I meant to do that. I kind of thought it was intentional at first, and then he yeah. tried to get up, and I was like, oh, nope, this is just where <laughs> we're going to do this. this is, I'm sold. This <laughs> is what's happening. <sighs> oh, and um, I think my favorite line, though, is when Swan says, I'm under contract. Too. Uh, yeah. It's yes, it's, it's so good. Paul Williams' delivery is 100% perfect. Because, um, so... As he's watching the two of them get it on, Winslow despairs and stabs himself in the heart. Giant so, bowie knife that he, fi- he pulls out from somewhere. Like, shh, shh. Like you, no, you I mean, can, it's people great. just carry I love those it. around. I happen to know because one of my derby teammates does, in fact, just carry a knife around. <laughs> oh, I carry, when I carry we went downtown too, to see Selena, she was like, she's like, I'm going to see Selena. She, um, she's Hispanic. She's Mexican, mm-hmm. um, Mexican heritage. And I'm like, I, I don't know anything about Selena. I've never seen the movie. She's like, go, oh, come with me. So I went down for the, you know, the commemorative showing. And then it was at the Ritz. So as we're leaving and it's like 11 o'clock and it's 6, then I'm like, well, I'm parked the opposite direction. She's like, are you going to be okay? Here, take my knife. And <laughs> she just whips out a knife to hand to me. And I'm like... <laughs> I don't, I, I, I mean, do you recognize the visual cliche that just happened here? His, as a Hispanic woman just pulls out a knife and says, here, take my knife. I'm like, I'm good. I'll be fine. I don't need a knife. Have to, it's yeah. okay. She's like, it's okay. If you want to borrow it, it's totally okay. Okay, I've got more. I, like, I wouldn't know what to do with it, Jola. I really wouldn't. Except like, like, whoa, I have a knife. Anyway, sidebar. Um. Etc. 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 Anyway, but so he's watching. He stabs himself, and Swan shows up out of nowhere. Just, like he got from that bed to up there. In a completely different. I mean, maybe so, not a completely different outfit, but he's got a very totally nice, different outfit. Very nice well, robe. Except over I it, actually at least. feel like it's a little while later. Like Winslow stabbed himself. It, thought yeah. he died. Well, and he's like, laying just, there, ble- like bleeding out. Oh, okay. I took it as being very immediate. I did too, but I can see it (laughs) being... To me, like, he finished down there. Swan, like, finished up with Phoenix. Took a sweet time. And then he's like, you're not going anywhere. You stabbed yourself in the damn heart. Like, you think you're going to die. And then he shows up, he stands over him, and he takes a knife. I was like, you idiot. Why? No more suicide. Didn't you read your contract? Your contract says you die when I die. Let's talk about this contract. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, let's finish this. Okay. And so then Winslow grabs a knife and tries to stab Swan and nothing's happening. Like, and he stabs him several times and looks at, like, why is... And Swan's delivery of just... 
I'm under contract too. Yeah. <laughs> so so, away. so yeah. good. You're under contract. You don't die unless I say you die. Right. Stab, stab. I'm under contract. Well, that's what I was like. Oh, so he's going to kill him now. And then it does that. And I'm like, well done, movie. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, that contract when Winslow's reading it. And Swan's just like, that's a transportation clause. <laughs> <laughs> that's there to protect you. <laughs> Uh, also, who would sign a contract with that sort of script on it? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, like, that's like the most... blood without any question. That's like it's the like, most yeah, okay. evil-looking... Con- like, without even... Uh, the words, without even paying attention to what they mean. Just the look of the contract. I was like, you would never sign that. It's, like, huge. It's 300 <laughs> pages. It's in, ar- like, this... Archaic, weird calligraphy script. And, like, here you need to sign in blood. I'm going to tap out. Like, yeah. <laughs> nothing. Like and we see him get two people to sign contracts like that in the movie. Well, except Phoenix is high as a fucking kite That's when, true. She, when yeah. she signs it. Oh, <laughs> I love the, I like the one clause. Anything not in this contract is deemed to be in this contract. Yeah, anything <laughs> excluded is considered included, I think is yeah, what it was. Yeah. Which like, is anything we didn't phrase. specifically say is also in there because we said so. Yeah. <laughs> this contract is literally a because we said so contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get, I get to tell you whatever. And that's the way this contract is going to work. Yeah. I would like a lot more contracts like that in my <laughs> life. Where I was the contract holder, let us be clear. Right, yes. you wouldn't want to sign your life away to any of those. No, also, I don't like bleeding, so I would be very bad at signing my contract in blood. Like, they'd That's be like, fair. it's just a thing, and I'd be like, Aah. Okay, so I have, an, I have two questions about this movie now, because I had the one they already answered. Um, everything else in this movie checks no, out. No, right, it's just the movie checks yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. It's legit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was he going to do with her voice? Um, like, was it going to be something that he used, like, the way he was making... Homeboy sound like him, or like... I mean, I always assumed that he was going to somehow use it for his, uh, like, for himself. But I don't know how. Well, I like know, maybe, maybe get recordings, um, maybe literally be able to put it on somebody else. I mean, he was... That's kind of what I was... If he was going to use it to, like, I own your voice and can make it do whatever I want, and now, sort of like the way I have this guy singing with my voice... Yeah, I can have someone else sing with your voice, or but it never really explains. He's just like, I just want your voice. Well, because he said the same thing to Winslow initially, didn't he? I mean, or something along those lines. I mean, I guess I was also just okay with it as like, yeah, like the metaphor of how I have you. Right, right. Like you, fine. Your voice belongs. I was really waiting for it to go like all Little Mermaid and him to just like. Well, he literally says speak. the exact same line Ursula did. Yeah. Yeah. All I want from you is your voice. I'm just like, do, 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 do. <laughs> I'll admit that in the past I've been a nasty. Like, I'm like, go for it. Do it, Paul Williams. I would love to hear Paul Williams that sing that amazing. song. Yeah. Especially or, if he was in, like, the full divine makeup, like... Yeah, or Pat Carroll sing a Paul Williams song. That yeah. would also be very okay. <laughs> like, Pat Carroll singing, like, one of the songs from this movie. Pat Carroll singing Life at Last would be amazing. Life at Last. <laughs> <laughs> what was your second question? Oh, no, uh, you already answered the first one before. I was like, because earlier I said I just had one question. And so I was like, okay, no, I have two. Uh, that was the second one. Okay. Uh, the fr- I don't even remember what the first one was now. The first, why would he Oh, kill the wedding, her? why he was going to kill her. It all revolves around her because they don't say shit about her. Like, she is really just a cardboard cutout. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, she's a prop. <laughs> she's Pretty also much. just, it bothers me how much she's Beef just, has more of a character than Beef she Beef totally has more of a character, and Beef is more of a woman. Um... <laughs> Um, but it, it actually bothers me that it's very clearly Winslow who has brought her up on to... And, like, he's crazy in his face and, like, what the fuck's with the costume and everything. So I can I can understand being, like, what the hell. But her reaction to him, like, after meeting him, after, like, knowing a little bit, like, well, you did write this song, so I know this. And, like, her reaction is just, like, you're a motherfucking crazy person. I'm going to throw you to the goddamn wolves and hopefully Swan will kill you. Like... I don't know. It's just, <laughs> like, she's a, I would like to see this where it is more explicit that Phoenix is not worth it. She is shallow. 
She is vain. Yeah, she, they didn't play on it at all. Yeah, like, like that would everything, be... everything that Winslow sees in her is just... Him putting, projecting on yeah, her. Yeah, just projecting himself. And, like, even play up just how how much of it is just a reflection of him. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a much deeper movie than... <laughs> well, 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 it's just, like... Yeah, the pace I is a little, too, a little too... Yeah, this movie is It goes by real fast. Like, you're like, whoa, we're already at the final finale? What because the hell? I was, you know, sometimes you really get into a movie and it goes by real fast, and I was like, is it that, or... No, this movie just moves so quickly. Um, what was I going to say about... Oh, my favorite line in the movie is... That one's good. The, uh, the, um, I'm under contract too. My favorite line, and it's so stupid, is when, uh, he tells Phoenix the first time, Winslow tells Phoenix the first time that he, he's the writer, and that woman turns around, <laughs> and I don't remember what she says, but he goes, or she, I don't remember what the, th- the setup is, yeah. but he, go, uh, Winslow tells her, are you kidding? And she goes, do I look like a kidder? And it's so... <laughs> It's the weirdest fucking delivery of that line, and I wanted, I wanted her to be in every scene after that. We never, just we never see her again. Like she just gets that one bitchy line read. She's a crouton. Like you can't have a salad can't be all croutons. She's she's just one of the croutons. One, right? No, I do agree with you on that. That was so great. I, I was like, like when oh, she's gonna come back when and like, she gets she just comes running out. The whole movie. When she comes running out after clearly having been almost raped by Swan, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, "Did you tell him I'm here? Did you tell him who I was? Like, does he it's know like, who I am?" It's like, dude, like I just got straight up assaulted in here. And he's like, "I'm so <laughs> sorry, yeah, but, but did you mention me?" Yeah, 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 but but more about me though. This movie, um, I was saying afterwards, is like it is so. 70s. It is so that particular vibe of the 70s where everything was both really shiny and really dirty. And At the same time, somehow. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like it was, everything was both exciting and depressing. Like, even mm-hmm. when we were in, like, it's, it's, the, it's the cocaine, right? It's that, that cocaine <laughs> high of, even while you're high, you're like, I'm fucking miserable, and I'm just taking the cocaine to hide it. This movie is a cocaine trip. Yeah. Like, everything is beautiful and yet kind of awful. And it's so, yeah, if, if I had one adjective, 70s. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's very, very, very 70s. And... I wasn't sure again, like what direction of seventy. We talked about this a little bit after the movie. Yeah, you say seventies, and that could like, mean a lot of things. That could mean John Denver. That <laughs> that could mean. I mean, like the I, think all, Tommy? I think of yeah. all. I think of all. Oh fuck yeah. that movie! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I only need to see Anne Margaret rolling around that beans and chocolate one time <laughs> in my entire life, and oh that God. I'm fucking done. <laughs> Uh, that is the most disgusting shit I've ever seen. I hate that movie. But I have a feeling we're probably at some point going to have to watch it. I feel like it's moved up on the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, so next week we'll be doing Tommy. But uh, what was I saying? Oh, so 70s. Etc. 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 I think of like the easy listening type stuff that my dad listened to. Like Gordon Lightfoot, uh, Simon and Garfunkel, mm-hmm. um, who's the other, uh, Neil Diamond. Barry Manilow, baby. Barry Manilow, yeah. like all of that stuff. This Which, for you, wherever you Don't go. get me wrong, I love that shit. I love that uh, shit. You know, you could have done Elton John, I love that shit. Uh, you could have done early Stevie Wonder, I love all of that. Fleetwood Mac. But this is one specific direction of 70s that's just... <laughs> Fucking weird and like, but so complete in its vision. Like it's yeah. I mean, but it is all of that like sort of prog rocky. Uh, I got like almost a kiss feel from like when the the uh, they first come out with the fucking gonna cut the people's yeah. hands off and yeah. shit. Like the undead. Uh, the undead. I was yeah. trying to remember the name. It's such a complex name to yeah. remember. Uh, the. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the feel I got from that. Like, it's just such a weird direction. It's definitely more the Rocky Horror style of, like, 70s yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, and actually, that's I that hadn't thought about camp. that, but that is a really good 
comparison. Well, when he first comes out, the style prior of the to music, it, though, right? I mean, what? I mean, this is before. This is before. Yeah, Rocky this is before, Rocky Horror was like seventy-seven I mean, or seventy-eight. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it is. Is it? It's got that glam. It's got that um, that very what? counterculture prog rock. Um, well, when Beef wakes up was when I went like Rocky Horror, like because he comes yeah. up out of the thing. He's yeah. got the blonde, and, well, and but that perm. And <laughs> O'Brien, um, O'Brien also. Richard O'Brien. Yeah, he did a variety of musical styles in Rocky Horror. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah. a really good comparison to make. Because I mean, the first number we hear in this one is that. That's actually. I mean, I dig that is, song. They start out with. Yeah. Rocky Horror was what led me to you know I, I saw Rocky Horror fruits. first and then was led to Phantom of the Paradise from that. I mean, they're very, they're definitely... Yeah, I mean, this is a much better film. Oh, absolutely. No. M- m- much better. Rocky Horror. Agreed. God love it. it. It's a hot mess. It is a yeah. huge mess. I, so I, like most people, fell in love with that movie in high school. At least most people that fell in love with that movie fell in love with it in high school. Uh, and uh, I probably watched it 20 times before I could really understand what it's even mostly about. Oh, yeah, because like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's such incoherent. A, like, it is this truly one, incoherent. Like, what? This movie, yeah, a lot of things don't totally make sense uh, for Phantom of the Paradise, but, like, I could give you but a it, general overview of what it's about. Rocky Horror, I took so many times watching it before I could finally be like, Okay, so, if I was going to break, break down the plot, here's what's going on. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. actually, the Phantom of the Paradise, plot-wise, it is a fucking freight train. Everything, it's one plot, and everything is very linear. Everything yeah. is very cause and effect. Everything's moving, everything that happens is pushing you towards that final scene. Like, yeah. this, um, in this scene, I'm going to make this choice, which is going to make this happen in this next scene. So it's very, like... There's, like, no B-plot in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's just very straight... It's a dominoes. Yeah. Like, tick, and it just, bing, 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 everything that happens, happens as a result of directly what came before. So, like, for as much as we joked about, this sounds incoherent. Well, it does when you're, like, talking about, and then the blades of his guitar cut off a hand, and then and then <laughs> I mean, over there, and he had the helmet on, and you're like, what the shit are you talking about? Okay, well, let's back <laughs> it up. But when you actually watch the movie, it is not hard to follow at all. No, it's actually it's a not. Stri- like, a crazy set of events that take place, but they're all very linear. It's like, just whatever movie. is the craziest shit that can happen, it happens. Yeah. And then it's like, so what do we do next? Well, some more crazy shit. Yeah. And then it just like, like you said, just domino. Well, we down. found this dope on you. So now you're going to jail for life. And then we're going to pull out all your teeth and give you silver ones. Why are we doing this? Why not? Why not? Uh, the best part, though, is like uh, Jenny pointed out, like the the black lipstick on top with the whole costume. Yeah. Because yeah. Oh, yeah. it just makes his teeth pop like even more. Oh, it's just, yeah. It's so unsettling. I, and I, I love the one eye. Yeah. It's the, always the left eye. It's so like, huge. The, the right eye is like Scary. visor. Like you can you never see it. Well, because that's his bad eye from right. the press. So he's got the bite, you know, but, it, but he's always left eye to the camera and it's just with the makeup and like how big his eye, like I'd forgotten like how, how much that stands it's out. It's a really good effect. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> But uh, you know what? I think a colander with some tin foil and <laughs> cardboard. That works just as well. <laughs> and Melissa's having way too much fun. So um, we're gonna, like we said, we're gonna link in the show notes. We watched it right before we came, like between the movie and recording this. We watched this video. <laughs> and it's fucking amazing, you guys. <laughs> so enjoy that because Lord knows we had fun making it. Melissa looks like she had all of the fun making it, and you guys had. You guys had fun, but, like, not at the level of fun she was having. (laughs) Melissa, Melissa, come on. She got the best part. She got to creep around a hotel with a colander on her head wearing a black cape and and black lipstick. And And a little lightning bolt. bolt. (laughs) Yes. That lightning bolt may be one of the best props of any movie ever. ever. Like, it's so good. Like, when it just comes out of nowhere and he's like, now I'm going to zap this guy. I was like, Yes. And what better way to electric? He's like pulling it back and aiming, and you're like, "Yes, make it happen! Yes, don't tease me!" I kind of wanted him to write it down, though. Like, yeah, (laughs) motherfucker! All right. Told you, I told you, you'd die, bitch. (laughs) Like you should have written that on it. Fucking told you. This is the you saw. You say lightning bolt. I say fucking told you. (laughs) 
Okay. So, um, favorite number? Uh, definitely the arm cutting off homeboy kind of the beef number, like at the end. The whole the undead, undead beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like but the juicy fruit ones at the beginning is really, really good too. That like the open, the opening yeah. one where they basically describe the plot of the movie that's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I also really like the. Um, Which I didn't even get that until he goes to kill himself, and I was like, "Oh, this is what they were singing about at the right. beginning." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like the the Paul Williams sung one. It's his voice, although it's Winslow singing it, where Winslow is first oh, the writing first one. for yeah, him, yeah. and it's, oh, it's yeah. that montage. That's a good one. Yeah, because it. I think it's just really tuneful, and I like how it's used and what it's underscoring, but honestly, let's just, let's just me being difficult, because realistically, the one I want to watch always and forever is Beef. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I'm at. I would say for the the lyrics and the... the you know the the tune of it, the the Phoenix one was what you were gonna say. Yeah, that's your favorite. <laughs> only her. She's, she's the only good part of that movie. Uh, no, the part where he's where he's you know singing in Paul and Paul Williams' voice while yeah. he's working on it, like is my favorite song. But visually, the undead and, and beef. It's just so great. Are the best part. It's just I do great. really like the visuals of that other number though. They're really good. Uh... It has that cool part where he's like writing in that like tripped out recording studio. Um, it has like all the pages like superimposed above mm-hmm. him stacking up. You've got um, uh, Swan like in the middle of his big record desk, which that desk is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, that whole montage is so just... how does he get into it? I just, that's all I can think is, so that's you true. just yeah. crawl over and climb <laughs> like in? That, that opens up or something? No, like I that. wanted to crawl over and just Like, climb. on all fours. Yeah. Yeah. I do really like the way, and it does a lot of work, uh, a lot of functional work that would be boring to watch in the movie. Uh, during that, you get to see a lot of that going on, but they do it in a really cool and engaging way. Because a lot of times montage are just like, who gives a shit, you know? Like, I honestly didn't even need to watch this because I can assume just by the passage of time this happened. Yeah. Right. But this is a really well done montage. Yeah. Yeah. But again, beef, I mean, there's no competing with the beef number. (laughs) Beef, you can't. Horny and damn frustrated, and he he steals the show. (laughs) Getting horny and damn frustrated! Oh well, God. and what I was going to say about the Juicy Fruits number, though, is it set a weird tone right at the beginning. Because, like, I already knew we were going in for the 70s thing, and then all of a sudden I was like, is this going to be like a 70s movie about the 50s? <laughs> like Grease? Or like, are, are we going to like some Grease type shit? Or, like, what? And then all of a sudden it's like, no, we're not doing that at all. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Sold. I'm on board. <laughs> but it was really weird because like there are greasers all of a sudden, and I'm just like, what? What are we? What are we doing now? Uh, okay, I guess I'm on board. <laughs> to what? What? Oh, I mean, I like this song. Oh, okay, that's all good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah. And Mike has been educated. Mike has found a new movie to obsess over for a while. <laughs> Mike's going to be like at Fantastic Fest, like, have you seen Phantom of the Paradise? And everybody's going to be like, yeah, dude, you're the last yeah, like, fucking person fuck to have seen this. Like, <laughs> shut up about it already. This movie's fucking 40 years old at this point. Um, but I'll be out there spreading the good word. You is know? it 40? Oh, yeah. 74. It's 40, 74. Yeah. 44 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was just like, it's. Oh, shit, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you weren't boy. that old when the movie was made, at least. No, not when it was made, but I'm old now. If the movie's 40, <laughs> guys, come on. <laughs> I did see this as a child. I want you to consider how that may have been like, a formative experience. In the theater? <laughs> I hate you. Mike's about to get stabbed. No, on, on, the, on, on like, the movie You would have been very young. Not, yeah, yeah, but like I, I got to... Wasn't sure if your mom was like, hey, little eight-year-old Wendy, want to come watch this movie? I would have been four when it came out. I okay. was born in 1970. Um, so no, I would not have been taken to this, although I was taken to a lot of inappropriate movies, and I did watch a lot of inappropriate movies thanks to the movie channel and unsupervised summers. <laughs> oh, yeah. I watched my, my Snooki and the Bandit probably about 50 times that summer. <laughs> I thought my that supervision movie. growing up was the television as well. I, yeah. I had many yeah. of the same experiences. 
I, I, the, Smokey and the Bandit was the height of comedy for that summer. That was just it. It was so great. So much of it. I don't want to watch it again because I just know I'm just going to be like... I would recommend it. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, everything about this is kind of really awful. Yeah. Oh, look at the gender politics that make me want to scream. <laughs> no. Anyway, sidebar. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, coming back to the but Sally fight, Field is still great, so, you know. Sally Field is always great. <laughs> and Burt Reynolds was motherfucking sexy. And that theme song is super catchy. Oh, yeah. Eastbound and down, loaded up and trucking. We're going to do what they say can't be done. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, thank you for listening. We got a long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> We've clearly got a long way to go. <laughs> In a short time to get there. <laughs> All right, anyway. <laughs> so this has been Phantom of the Paradise. This has been Phantom of the Paradise. Um, which, there needs to be a song, Phantom of the Paradise. Right? That's what I was waiting for up on the roof. I was yeah, like, they're going to Phantom do... of the Opera moment. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, the closest thing that comes in my head is like Paradise by the Dashboard Light, which is a very different song. Also, Meatloaf. Nah. Um, but Jim Steinman. Mm-hmm. Which Meatloaf makes me think of Rocky Horror, and that, so then we're, we've come full circle back around to saying, hey, thanks oh, for was, joining us. I was going with Streets of Fire with Jim Steinman, so, you know. Uh, thank you for joining us for Phantom of the Paradise, and um, I have been Wendy, joined as always by... Mike. And Vinny. And uh, I didn't talk about any choreographers. Oh, well, talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. A Real Education the Musical can be found on iTunes, Blueberry, and Google Play. Follow us on Facebook at Real Education Musical. On Twitter at Real Edu Musical, that's R E E L E D U, or check out our website at realeducationmusical.com. New episodes on every Tuesday morning. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on a Real Education. The musical.